want you to turn in your Bibles, if you have them, to the book of James. Uh, James is one of my favorite uh, books of Scripture. Uh, I love it. it. It it's just to me, it's just so powerful. It has so much to bring us to, and I don't know. Maybe it's just me that's attracted to it, but I, I love the book of James. But I, I want to preach to you this morning a, a message that I've entitled. I have something to say. I have something to say. Now, as we read these scriptures, you're probably, uh, your mind may already begin to work and prematurely begin to work at what this message is going to be about because you've heard these uh, scriptures read and taught and preached on before about how the tongue is an unruly member. And it is. It's set on fire of hell, is what James says. Let's go ahead and read it. It says, the tongue also is a fire, a world of evil, iniquity, if you're reading the King James, if I remember correctly, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and it and is itself set on fire by hell. Wow. Wow. Uh, so when we, when we think about that scripture, our mind automatically goes to, well, this is going to be a message about gossiping. It's going to be a message about sowing discord. It's going to be a message about somebody speaking out of turn. It's going to be, a, you know, that, that's the vein of this message. But that's not necessarily the vein that I'm going at all. But I do want to use this scripture for an illustration to you this morning to demonstrate the power of the tongue, which is what James is addressing this morning. Fathers, we come to you today. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for blessing us, allowing us to come together. As Vicky's already shared, Lord, we come together freely and at liberty to worship as we please this morning. And we praise you for that. Lord, we ask that, Lord, that your word that has been penned and written under the anointing and the inspiration of the Holy Spirit will be alive in our hearts and our lives and in this room and by the airwaves that we go out to this morning. Lord, let it happen in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Now, as we read this scripture, I want you to know that God has a plan for every one of our lives. Sarah and I was, we were talking about something this morning and, and I, I mentioned that, you know, sometimes and, 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 and listen, I understand we're Pentecostal in this room this morning and we're a Pentecostal believing church and, and we believe in spon, you know, we acknowledge spontaneous worship. We might not acknowledge the spontaneous workings of the gifts of the Spirit. Uh, but on, on, on that same note, I also have to not let myself become, uh, acclimated or I, I can't allow my mind to come down to the and lose fact of the matter that God knows what's going on. God is infinite in his wisdom. The Holy Spirit is infinite because he is God. The Holy Spirit is infinite in his knowledge. Listen, I, I, I had some pastor friends that used to go every year and around about January and they would be, they would go on a pastor's retreat together and, and they would go and lock themselves up in, in, in their hotel rooms and, and they would pray and they would study. And those, that group of ministers, uh, they, uh, they would, they would acquire their calendar, their preaching calendar for the year. And, and I used to be one of those sanctimonious, if that's 
the right word to use, uh, preacher. One of those holiness, one of those Pentecostals that says, well, bless God, you know, now, I just tell you, I don't think much about that. I used to be one of those that would drive down the, the road and I would see a sign on the church that said, uh, you know, I'm preaching on, uh, the pastor's preaching on, uh, First Timothy for the, the next four weeks. And I'm saying, bless God, how are they, how are they going to do that? The Holy Ghost, the, the Holy Ghost is not going to lead them. He's not guiding them. But let, let me make my point. What I'm saying to you is, if God doesn't know, God doesn't know what's going to happen next week by already, then He really isn't God at all. Are you with me? You know, I, I believe in spontaneous. I believe God can change my mind. I believe God can redirect a pastor. I believe God can redirect an evangelist in the last moment of time. I believe the whole... But let me tell you something. It is no surprise to God who show, would show up in this room this morning. It's no surprise to God who would watch by Facebook Live. It's COVID's no surprise to God. 2020 didn't catch him off guard. Nothing that's occurred has left him astonished. And, 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 and just in a stupor of un, unbelief, God's not taken by surprise at all. Because God, if you would, is a God of destiny. Now, we've heard that preached a lot in the Pentecostal realm. Again, the Word of Faith movement preaches a lot about destiny. But listen, understand with me that, that destiny it engages the word destination, if you would. I'm not turning uh, missionary. Baptist this morning, or not missionary Baptist, but primitive Baptist. I'm, I'm not turning over, if you would, to Presbyterian this morning, but I do want you to understand with me that God has a predestined plan that He is going to carry out. It's going to happen. God has an intricate plan. If you go to Ephesians chapter 1 and uh, the 4th and 5th verse when Paul writes to the church at Ephesus, he said, For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. Did you catch what that said? It says he chose us before the creation of the world. God knew what he had in in a plan before he ever made the plan, in other words. God knew before he formed the heavens and the earth what his plan was, what would be. And in love, he predestined us to the... Uh, to be adopted as his sons through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and his will. Now, I want you to stay with me this morning. Don't jump to conclusions yet. Listen, there is a predetermined destination. It's a destiny that God has for the world. It's a destiny that God has for humanity. We find in Scripture that it's not God's will that any man should perish, but every man have everlasting life. However, God that doesn't mean that we're automatically saved. It doesn't mean that we've automatically received the inheritance of a relationship with God. That only comes through Jesus Christ. But He has availed that to every one of us through Jesus Christ in order that we can be saved. But yet, we must choose the destination. We must choose our destiny. We must choose to call on Jesus Christ in order to be saved. Some people will dispute predestination, and uh, but, but the Bible actually is full of this truth, you see, because the Bible teaches us that God predetermined that through Isaac, 
he would bless all the nations of the world. God predetermined uh, through Jer- that Jeremiah would be a prophet to the nations. And last week I preached a message to you from Ezra and how it says that God moved on the on King Cyrus's heart because the word had been spoken through Jeremiah. It was a plan that God had that Israel would come back home after seven years of being in Babylonian captivity. God predetermined that Samson would be a judge and Samson would deliver Israel in spite of his issues of life. God predetermined that John the Baptist would be the forerunner of Jesus Christ. God predetermined that, that, that Jesus would come and he would be ridiculed and he would be mocked and that Jesus would die for the sins of all humanity. God determined that before the eons of time and God determined that Jesus would restore to humanity what Adam lost. Understand this. God has a plan. God has a plan that he is coming and he is coming soon. We don't know the hour. We don't know the day. But God is not just... I heard somebody say one time. They said, but I, you know, I really think that God possibly has changed his mind. That there is not going to be a, a, a second coming. A second appearing of the Lord. No, 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 no. No, it is written. He is engaged in scripture. It is there. We must believe the scripture. We must hold fast to the word of God. God has a plan. He has a plan that this world, there will be a falling away. He has a plan that there will be a turning away from Him. But He has a plan that there is a root, a root that comes out of David, a root, a remnant that will call upon Him. And there is a root that will be saved. And there's a root that will be redeemed. And that root will be called up into heaven. And that root there will abide with the Lord. And then we will come after a period of time, that that, that remnant, that group of people will come back to this earth and we will rule and reign with him because he has predetermined that's his plan for this world so God's a God of destiny he, there, there's a plan now he allows us the free will to make the choice we can believe and accept Jesus and in essence accept the plan or we can reject that. You see, but God is a God of destiny. He's a God of purpose. We find in Ecclesiastes, this, the wisdom of Solomon. Solomon says there's a time for everything. He said there's a, there's a season. There's a season for every activity under heaven. God will bring to judgment both righteous and the wicked. For there will be a time for every activity. A time for every deed. God has a plan. God has got, God has got this road map. He's got it mapped out. Romans, Paul wrote to the church at Rome in Romans chapter 8. He said, for those who God foreknew. You see, God knew you. He knew me. Nothing's ever happened to you that has taken God by surprise. Nothing has ever occurred in your life that just astonished God. He, he foreknew you. He foreknew, he knew you. He, 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 he realized you. He, he comprehended you. He predestined. Listen, for God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed in the likeness of his son. That's humanity. That he might be the first among many brothers. And those he predestined, 
he also called, and those he called, he justified, and those he justified, he also glorified. There's a plan, there's a predestination that God established for every person. That we should be saved, that we can be saved, and we could be saved. We're conformed to the image of His Son. But there is our individual life. There is our destiny of life. And you see, here's, here's here's the wild part. The crazy part. Here's the bizarre part. In essence... Your ability and my ability to control our destiny is limited. Now, some things we can do. You know, God allows us. We have a free will. We get to make those decisions. But understand this. God has a destiny for us. He's decided. Now, we choose whether we walk in that or we refuse to walk in that. Are you with me? We can choose whether we're going to walk in that or we can make a decision that we don't walk in that destiny. Okay? You see, but it's not up to the world. Are you with me? You see, you see, right now, we're hearing so much. We're hearing, I went to an event this, this past week, and I heard people, everybody, everybody said they had a voice. You know, everybody's, everybody's crying out. There's, there's many different voices. There's many, many different voices in the land right now. There's a lot of people expressing a lot of things right now among us. But our destiny is not up to government. Our true destiny is not up to the world that's around us. Your destiny is not up to your employer. Your true destiny is is really not even up to your husband or your wife or your children. Your destiny may not be up to your parents. It's not up to your parents, actually. Your destiny is certainly not up to Satan. But you see, God who knows you and and sees you, He has determined a destiny for you and me. But it's up to us to decide to walk in that destiny. We must make a decision. You know, decision, you know, I, I tell you what, I, I, I tell you what, I'm, I've said oftentimes, when I retire, I love to cook. I, I cook pretty good, by the way. I, I, I love to cook, and I thought about when I retire from ministry, which I'll probably be too old by then to do anything when it comes down to it. But when I retire from ministry, I've thought about open me up a restaurant. And I know how to open up a restaurant, and ha- and this, it, it will be a smash hit. It will be a phenomenal restaurant. I will be over overwhelmed with business right off the bat. I'm going to name the restaurant. It don't matter. Because every time I ask my wife, where you want to go to eat? She always says, it don't matter. Okay, she's pointing you out over here, buddy. But here's the thing. God has mapped out a destiny for my life. God has determined what He desires for you to do. And we must make choices. Making choices for restaurants, listen, making choices for restaurants may be hard, 
Making choices about what kind of car to buy may be tough. Making choices about whether you want to, uh, you know, do this or do that. Sometimes, you know, we, we, we find ourselves deliberating and, and, and oftentimes, have you ever, has there ever been anything that you have pondered over and you, you, you went this way and then you went that way and you pondered over and you vacillated some and, and all this, that, 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 and then all of a sudden you realize that by pondering over it, you missed your opportunity. Let me tell you, we can't afford to ponder over our decisions for our destiny that we have available in Jesus Christ. We can't afford to say, should I or shouldn't I? Now, I believe it's good to try the spirits to be, see if they be of God. That's the scripture. We seek God. We, we, we discover and we find the will of God. But understand what I'm saying to you is this, is we don't need to ponder about trusting God and the destiny that He has for us. We trust Him. We believe in Him. And we engage and give Him all our all in all of our life. And I used the scripture. You said, what in the world is the scripture you read from us, preacher? What in the world does that have to do with our destiny? What does that have to do with the fact that God's made a plan for our lives? What does that have to do with the fact that there is something that God's planned out for me? He's mapped, He's road mapped out my life if I will just follow Him. What does that have to do with it? We're reading from, from James chapter 3. What, what does that have to do with every, any of this? Here's what it has to do with it. Is because when we search scripture, there is a principle that's easily discerned that we can find that we have the ability to determine our destiny. It comes through our choice, but most often our destiny is determined by the words that we choose to speak with our mouth. Now, I'm not into mind over matter, okay? I'm not into some psychological frenzy. But what I'm speaking to you about and what I, the frame of mind that I'm speaking this to you in is a work of faith. You see, even when we're saved, according to what Paul wrote to the church at Rome, even when we're saved, we believe in our heart and we confess with our mouth. And when we as Pentecostals hold so dear to heart, Acts chapter 2, and when those that were in the upper room, they were carrying there, they were praying, and when the Holy Ghost came upon them, He sat upon them like cloven tongues of fire, and they all began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave utterance. The same member of our body that is unruly is the same member of our body that edifies, that faith, faith is edified through us with the tongue. Speaking, 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 speaking. And our destiny is often determined or even hindered, if you would, by our ability to speak. Therefore, we need to have something to say. James compared the tongue to a, a bit in the horse's mouth. He, he compared it to the, to the little helm, the rudder that, that, that controls a, a, a big ship. And, and he's showing us in those scriptures that something is very small. Do you realize that the tongue has no skeletal structure? It's just a flat, fat, fat, flabby piece of meat. Yeah. Yeah. It is. 
It is. And, but, but, but yet the tongue is so powerful. It's not really a muscle at all. It, it, you know, it has very little structure to it, but yet it is so strong, it is so powerful. The tongue, James compares it to a fire. He says it's a fire that can literally set on, on fire the course of nature. He says that the tongue can totally alter the natural course of your life is what James says. Now James speaks that and he writes that if you would, in the, the negative sense is the way I like to describe it. He, 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 he's showing that to us that the tongue can do a whole lot of damage. And certainly we know that to be true. It certainly can and it certainly does and it certainly will. But that same tongue is also used in so many ways to bring life to us. That tongue is used to speak power. That tongue is used to speak authority. That tongue is used to even speak unto our salvation after we believed in our heart. That tongue, the tongue is used as the initial evidence that we have been filled with the Holy Spirit. The tongue is also a, a, a very critical part of speaking our destiny. You see, the tongue doesn't operate alone. The tongue doesn't operate alone. Uh, our daughter-in-law, she she used to say all the time. She used to say uh, a lot of times that uh, tongue and mouth engage before brain. Sometimes we, but that's really not true at all. Sometimes we say things we shouldn't say. Sometimes we speak things we shouldn't speak in the in in the heat of an argument or in a, in a moment of frustration uh, or, or when we when we're maybe we're unawares of, of of the circumstance at hand. Sometimes we'll say things we shouldn't say. But then, this tongue that's known to be t- full of deadly poison is also a tongue that can bring life, because our most dominant thoughts will find their way. Of expressing themselves through our tongue. You speak what you think. Every one of us. We don't speak things we don't think. We speak what we think. Pastored a lady one time and she, she, sometimes she spoke what she think, thought, and she said, Pastor, you just don't have to forgive me. That's just the way I am. I said, well, bless God, I hope you change. Cause sometimes she spoke things that wasn't good. But we speak what we think. We speak our thoughts. Our thoughts come to the surface and they spill out of us and are in, in our thoughts, in our, in our psychological, in our minds, in our heart, if you would, is where faith arises and then faith has to be spoke or should be spoken out of our mouths, out of our tongue. Proverbs 23. Proverbs 23, the, the Lord said, for as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. As you think in your mind, as you think in your heart, so are you. When I read, when I read Luke chapter 6, Luke chapter 6 says, For of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Whatever's in our heart is what comes out of our mouth. So, so our hearts need to be full of faith. Our hearts need to be full of hope. Our hearts need to be full of confidence. Now let me tell you something. I have went, I have went to doctors before that I wasn't too sure about. 
Uh, you know, and you say, oh, that's crazy. Well, it's just it's one of those things. I, I'm sure it's happened to you too. Sometimes I, uh, you know, you may not went back a second time, but sometimes, some, may, maybe, maybe you went somewhere or engaged with somebody, maybe the dentist, whoever it is, and maybe you wasn't so sure about the circumstance, but in that you found yourself going and and attending there. But it's because you had a little bit of confidence, you had a little bit of faith, and you had a little bit of hope, even though it really didn't look so good. Maybe. The office was dilapidated. Maybe it was run down. Maybe maybe the doctor was, uh, you know, not dressed too nice and didn't have that professional look about him. But then you end up going and you find out he's the best doctor in the world. But you had to have some confidence. You had to have some hope. You had to have some trust. You had to have a little bit of faith up front, even though it was questionable. But let me tell you something. I don't question God. I don't question his ability. I don't question what he can do, how he does it, or when he does it. Uh, I, I, it's, that's not for me to question. But here's the thing about it. I don't understand everything he does. I don't ever understand his timing. I don't understand how he does it. I don't understand why he does it. But this is the one thing that I have to know for sure, that I must trust him. Even when it don't look good to me, even when it don't look exactly right to me, I must trust him. Even when things are not Lining up just like I think they should line up. I have to trust him. And if I'm truly trusting him, what I trust in my heart will get begin to spill out of my mouth. And even though, you know, it may the world may look dark, things may look grim, everything may look bad, uh, you know, you can still call out and say, I trust the Lord in all things. I've trusted him. So he is taking care of me. Listen, the advantages of having Having a tongue that's submissive to a faithful heart is this. Proverbs 15. A wholesome tongue is a tree of life. Proverbs 10 verse 20. The tongue of the just is as choice silver. Proverbs 31 verse 26. She opened her mouth and wisdom and in her tongue is the law of kindness. Song of Solomon chapter 4. Honey and milk are under your tongue. Proverbs 18 and 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Listen, your life, my life, is in essence the fruit of our words. We have the ability to speak life. We have the ability to speak death. We can speak hope or we can speak uh, uh, despair. We, you and I, we have the ability. Uh, and again, I'm not talking about easy believism. I'm not talking about mind over matter. I'm not talking about creating some type of illusion. I'm talking about letting faith arise within us and speaking faith out of our mouth and faith that leads into the destiny that God has given and designed for us. We are, our lives are the fruit of our words. Jesus said this. He said, I'll tell you the truth. If anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will happen, it'll be done for him. Man, that's powerful. That's strong. That's, That's real strong. I told you the story before, but I'll tell you again because we got some of them probably didn't hear me tell it. 
It's the story of, of that little woman that lived, lived over in McDowell County and she had a little shack that was built right up, right up against the, the west slope of the mountain. And she would go out to that little shack and she said, Oh, I just love to see the, the sun come up some morning. I just, I just love to see that. She read this verse of scripture. She read, she said, she went in and she prayed. She said, Lord, I just read your word. Your word says that I can speak to the mountain and it'll be cast away. So right now I'm speaking to that mountain. Let it be cast into the sea. And she got up from praying and she went and opened the door of her, of her little shack and she looked out and the mountain was still there. And she said, just what I thought. You see, faith has to go beyond our reason. Faith has to go beyond our mental capacity. And that's not easy to do. That's not easy to say. I'll be frank with you. I'm not, I'm not kidding with that. But, but when we can come to that place in faith, when we can come that we really believe that God can do the things He says He can do, and He is the God that He says He is, and, and He works in the way that He says He works in. When we come to that place where we have such a faith that we believe that and we begin to speak it, I believe that we can see the course of the world, the course of our circumstance begin to change. God, help us to have that kind of faith. Job said, Thou shalt decree a thing and it shall be established unto thee. What faith? What faith? What faith? Do I have that kind of faith? I'm not going to tell you that I have that kind of faith. I try, I strive, I, I push towards that kind of faith. I hope you have that kind of faith. But if you don't, join me in pushing forward and striving and believing and begin to speak the faith and the destiny of Jesus Christ over the circumstances of your life and over the circumstances of the world. Listen. Here's all I'm saying to you this morning. Speak up. Because if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, and I trust that every one of you are, I trust that everyone watching this morning is. I trust that everyone listening is. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, you have to have faith. Uh, you know, the Bible says that a measure of faith is given to every man. I've heard people say, yeah, but pastor... Yeah, I'll, I'll say this in good old Appalachian English. I ain't got no faith. That's not true. If you didn't have any faith, you couldn't be saved. Because faith is, it, faith is, is believing. It's the, it's the, the, the evidence of things hoped for. Okay? It, it, it's, we, it, I haven't seen Jesus. Now some of y'all may have been, had been taken in dreams and visions and maybe uh, out of body experience. Maybe you all say, I haven't seen Jesus. The closest thing that I have to see in Jesus is not some picture. Y'all remember those pictures? Some of them were creepy. Remember, my grandma had one of those pictures and I, I, what do you, I don't remember what you call it, but they move when you move type things, you know. And Jesus, you walk across the living room. My grandma had one hanging up in the living room. You walk across the living room. When you overhear Jesus is looking at you and you go over here, Jesus is still looking at you. And uh, convict her of Holy Ghost. <laughs> you know. 
But that's not my depiction of Jesus. My depiction of Jesus is the Word of God. My depiction of Jesus is what the Scripture has to say about Him and how He is. He is. He is God. He is the nature of God. He is God in every single way. Therefore, God, let me grow in my faith. Let me let my faith begin to increase. And my faith will increase as I begin to have something to say. When somebody says, says, oh, there is no hope for this situation. I can say, yes, there is. His name is Jesus. When somebody says, there's no way out of this circumstance, I can say, yes, there is. His name is Jesus. And I begin to speak and I begin to say and I begin to use my mouth to speak faith into circumstances. Proverbs 6 and chapter 2 says, thou art snared with the words of thy mouth. Thou art taken. With the words of my mouth. You see, our words can cause us downfall. But if we begin to speak words of faith. Again, I'm not talking about easy believism. I'm not talking about mind over matter. I'm just talking about changing our, the process of, of our mind to quit thinking negative thoughts, to quit feeling hopeless, to quit feeling down and out, to quit feeling like, uh, uh, you know, uh, what, what's that, what's that donkey on Winnie the Pooh? Eeyore? You know, woe is me. Woe is me. But be more like Tigger. That's his name, ain't it? The tiger? Tigger? Yeah. Yeah. He's, you know, he's, he's full of enthusiasm. He's full of, he's full of zeal. He gets, he gets himself all messed up at sometimes and, and has to get poo to get him out of trouble and different things like that. But here's the thing about it is let our heart, let our mind, let our thoughts, let our inspiration, let the voices that we speak have something to say that's based on faith in God, in the Word of God and His ability to, because He has predestined this world and He knows what's up. He knows what's down. He knows what's going to happen. He knows what already took place. He knows what's lying out there in the future. Somebody said, what's going to happen in America, preacher? I got the answer for you. I don't know, but I can tell you this. God knows. I can tell you this, that He's already got it covered. I can tell you this. He has never lost control. Only thing we can do is voice it. Get out and vote, by the way. That's a good way to say it. But here's something I think about it. But I have something to say. God is in charge. God is is in control. God has never lost hold of the reins. Have something to say. And your something to say is you don't have to have the answer. You don't have to have the explanation. Just simply say God is in control and allow him to be. That's the hope for the world today. That's the hope for your situation. That's the hope That's the hope. That's the greatest, really, when it comes down to it, that's the only hope that I have. It's the only hope that you have. Is that God is in control. When I read, I think it's over, Paul wrote to the church at Thessalonica, and he, he talks about the second appearing of the Lord, and we call it the rapture of the church. And as he talks about the rapture of the church, he, he talks about, he instructs the church on the restraining 
work of the Holy Spirit. See, the Holy Ghost is a restrainer. The Holy Ghost is, he, you know, I, I, you know, he, he's our bodyguard. He's all ripped. You know, he's, he's big. He's strong. He knows that the, the Holy Ghost is the bodyguard of the church, if you would. And the, and the Holy Ghost is taking care of us. Holy Ghost is watching out over us. But when the church leaves, when the church is, leaves, when we make our trip, when we make our trip to heaven, to the presence of the Lord. When we make our trip, we're not going alone. Holy Ghost is going with us. And, and but then the Bible, uh, to paraphrase that scripture where Paul writes, what Paul says is to then the person that's the restrainer is going to be taken out of the way. And when the Holy when the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, leaves with the church, listen, you think it's bad now, you don't know nothing. You see, we, I, 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 pardon me, I don't mean to over-dramatize this morning, but right now, right now, we're, we're comfortable, we're sitting in church, but right now, right now, if we could, if we could see with a natural eye the presence, and you, and you gotta understand how massive the presence of God is, if we could, if we could see the presence of the Holy Ghost as He's among us and in us, Today, as you're driving down the road and on I-77, or or maybe you know you're up here on uh, on 52, or we're going across through McDowell County on I-6 on I yeah I-16 on Route 16, and 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 maybe somebody's on the wrong side of the road, but somehow they miss a head-on collision with them. If you could just see the angel of God, if you could see the Holy Spirit, how He's at work in your life. If we could have like that one occasion we read in the Bible how our eyes could be open and we could see the presence of God how he's protecting us and shielding us we wouldn't have a problem to say hey wait a minute I have something to say my God's in control my God's in control because he is because he has a destiny that goes far beyond you or me it goes far beyond the United States of America, to be very frank with you. But God's destiny, let me tell you this. It goes beyond me, it goes beyond you, it goes beyond the United States. But here's the other thing though. But at the same time, it includes us. It includes you, it includes me, and it includes the United States of America. So have something to say. Have something to say. My God is greater. My God is stronger. My God can move mountains. My God can part rivers. My God can calm storms. My God can raise the dead. My God can heal the leper. My God can put the coins in the little fish's mouth. My God, my God can do all things. I've got something to say. So let your faith arise with your voice. Let your faith manifest with your voice. Well, I can have faith, Pastor, but not speak it. Eh, that's probably true. But when we begin to, I'll be honest with you. I don't, my personal opinion, I don't believe somebody believes with their heart until they confess the Lord Jesus with their mouth. They've not been saved. Because Paul says you believe with your heart and confess Christ Jesus 
with your mouth. Listen to me. You begin to speak it. You begin to say it. And let your words have something to say. I want you to bow your heads right now with me. I wonder if there's one person in this room. Or if you're watching Facebook Live or listening by internet radio. Is there a person that needs to be saved? You need to give your heart and your life to Jesus Christ today. If that's you, uh, without embarrassing you in any way, nobody's looking around. I'd just like for you to slip up your hand or maybe you've drifted far away and say, Pastor, I need to renew my life today. I need to get saved. I need to dedicate my life to you. Anyone in this room? Okay, I assume then that everyone in this room is, you're right with God. I can't announce that over you, but I'm just making that assumption. But here's what I want us to do this morning. I want us to stand to our feet. If you'd join me, go ahead. Just stand to your feet. You can look this way. Stand to your feet. Every one of, every one of us in this room, you've got a circumstance. Okay? You got something going on. You got a circumstance. Everybody's got circumstance. Don't let that circumstance overshadow your destiny. Okay? God's got a plan for your life. So what I want us to do, I want us to pray. And remember, we're Pentecostals, okay? We're Pentecostals. We don't believe that. We, we, we don't. We all pray at the same time. I'll just leave you to that. We all, we we're accustomed to all praying at the same time. Doesn't confuse God. It doesn't bother Him. But here's what I want you to do: your circumstance. It may be your job. It may be your health. It may be your family. Uh, it may just be this whole mess with our COVID. Maybe the political unrest in our country. Whatever it be, whatever, whatever, whatever. Right now is the most burdensome thing on your heart what I want you to do is I want you to start saying something over it start saying start announcing to your circumstance God is greater God is greater than the cancer God is greater than the heart disease God is greater than than the than the diabetes. God is greater than COVID-19. God is greater than, than, than social unrest. God is greater than, 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 than terrorism. God is greater. God is greater than, than whatever's happening. God is greater than your plumbing issues in your house. God is greater than the issues going on with your car. And I want you, I just want you right now to start announcing that, that God is greater than the issue that is hand in your, hand in your life. Can you join me in that right now? Let's all pray together. Father God, as we come to you right now, Lord, I pray for everybody that's in this room this morning. God, I just pray that Jesus, that you, Lord, will minister to them as we begin to lift our voice and express our faith in you. Lord, I don't have I don't place my hope in world systems. I don't place my hope, Lord, in finances. I don't pl- place my hope, Lord, in my talents, my abilities. I don't place my hope, Lord God, in, in a political party. I don't place my hope in anything else. I don't even place my hope in the United States of America. But, Lord, I do place my hope in you. And today, Lord, I speak to every circumstance that that 
that is represented in this room. Lord, every circumstance, every situation, Lord, whatever it may be, from physical sickness to finance to, to work issues to, to family difficulties, God, whatever the circumstance is, God, right now, we declare over those circumstances in faith that you, God, are greater. You are greater. You are more powerful. Lord, you hold our destiny. No man can pluck you out of our hand. We are given over to you. We are sons and many is born again. We are sons and we are daughters in your kingdom. And on this day, this day, Lord, we announce, Lord, that you, Lord, have rule and reign over every issue of life. Every circumstance of life. Lord, what you don't take me over, Lord, you will take me through. Lord, what what you, Lord God, have destined for me cannot be stopped by all of the all of the imps of hell. Lord, there is not enough devils in hell to stop the destiny, Lord, that you have for me. Lord, the only thing that can hinder me and my destiny or are these good people and their destiny is our as our own faith, our lack of faith. Lord, so right now I'm asking you, Lord, that you'll let faith arise in us. Lord, let our faith grow. Let our faith build. Lord, let our faith increase, Lord God, that we, Lord God, may lay hold on everything that you've got in store for us. That we, Jesus, we, Jesus, will receive the fullness of the inheritance that you've given us. Lord, we'll praise you. We'll praise you. Lord, we'll love you. We'll bless you for you are good. You are good. You are good.